right, let's get started a little early tonight here. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 1. I wanted to be down here, but I think I'm going to go upstairs. I just realized there's more light up here. I'm finding out uh, there's four floods actually help a little bit here, and I need all the help I can get, (laughs) Uh, eye-wise, I guess. And so Galatians chapter 1, and we'll read the first 13 verses. We'll read responsibly. Uh, I know we read the first five verses last Wednesday night. For you that were here, it was a tough last Wednesday night, last week, of course, as well. Pastor Rich, it must be tough out there in Michigan. They canceled their service tonight, so we got it better than they got it, I guess. So we'll thank God for that. Uh, I'll let you remain seated, though, tonight. Let's read responsibly, verses 1 through 13. Let me start in verse number 1 and read the even-numbered verses. We'll read place through verse number 12. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you, and peace from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if yet I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. In verse 13, For ye have heard of my conversion in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. We want to look tonight at our first official message. We had an outline message of the book of of uh, Galatians last week, of course, but we want to look at the gospel that brings freedom, or if we had two words, we'll, we want to look at the subject of being born free. This book of Galatians is, a, is an outline form. It's a smaller version of Romans, which is, a, which is a much larger version on the gospel of God, the gospel of grace, of course. And the key word in the book we find out is the word gospel, and we see this word gospel, if we skip down to verse number 11 for certifying sake, but I certify, brethren, that the gospel, the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. This gospel is not a gospel. It's not a, one of a number of gospels. This gospel that is talked about in Galatians is not the Baptist gospel. It's not the Catholic gospel. It's not the Protestant gospel. It's the gospel of God Almighty. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and as we're going to find out, it's Paul's gospel. And it's the only gospel that can save. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Romans 1.16. Can you quote that with me? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Verse 17 says, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from face to face. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so this gospel was from Saul of Tarsus, now Paul. In reality, Saul of Tarsus was born into sin. He was born a slave, although he was born in a rich man's family. Uh, but he received Jesus Christ by faith and was born again on that Damascus road, and he was made free. And John's gospel tells us, Jesus Christ tells, told us himself, if the Son therefore make you free, you shall be what? Free indeed. And so the, the, the thesis or the theme that we're going to be pounding away for the weeks ahead in the, on Wednesday night in regards to Galatians is freedom, is liberty, liberty in Christ, liberty that comes from the gospel of Christ. And so we have a fourfold outline tonight here, verses one through three. I want you to notice to begin with this morning or this afternoon, or this, let's try that one more time. I preached this morning at New England Baptist. I guess I've been working this afternoon and now it's this evening. So anyhow, this evening here, notice with me, first of all, the salutation, the salutation of the one made free by the gospel. The salutation, Paul, verse number one, Paul, an apostle. And so we see letter A on the worksheet here. This salutation of the, the one made free by the gospel was made by, the, by an apostle. Or The word apostle, of course, is the Greek word apostolos. It's the word, it means sent one. He was sent from Jesus Christ. And we go to verse number 15. We see this word apostle again. Notice it with me, verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me, Pardon me, there's no apostle there, but call me by his, he was called an apostle. And here he's, the Bible says he, and he called me by his grace. He was separated from his mother's womb, by the way. And this gospel was given to an apostle, a sent one, that before the foundation of the world. Don't get nervous with that, but that's what the Bible teaches us here, that Paul, that he gave the Lord the glory that from his mother's womb, now, he didn't receive Christ until he was at least into his 30s. But he, the Bible says, and he called me by his grace. So we see the salutation of the one made free by the gospel. Now, don't get nervous. Let me, get, let me jump ahead a little bit here. Did you know that the gospel, the receiving the gospel is all by grace anyhow, right? Of course it is. Nobody argues that, that received that wonderful gospel. But let's look at verse number 2. It says, verse 2 of our text, and, and all the brethren which are with me, he's writing this treatise on the gospel of liberty, this gospel of God. He says, and all the brethren that are with me unto the churches, plural, local independent churches of Galatia. And of course, uh, notice letter B, this salutation of one made free by the gospel was given to the churches or called out assemblies. Let me just expand for a minute what I'm trying to say. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, and, uh, or chapter 3, excuse me, in verse number 5, we looked at it Sunday morning, but uh, the pastor is to take care of the church of God, of course, and he's supposed to be the overseer, the presbyteros, as we talked about in the President of the Assembly, this, the, the overseer, the watch care, the shepherd, the poimain of that church that Jesus Christ died for. And when we find that word church, the word church in the Bible in our New Testament is the word ecclesia. The word means ek, of course, exit, a called out assembly. Ecclesia, uh, it's a called out assembly of people. 
And God called us out from the world. And I want you to know that the churches that the Lord, that the New Testament was written to were local, literal, physical, geographical churches. Like Harvest Baptist Church in New Lyme, or New Lyme, yeah, New Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, God wrote to churches, the seven churches of Asia Minor, Revelation 2 and 3. And he gave the gospel to churches. In fact, turn, I want you to just see this here. I wasn't going to turn there, but it just popped in my head. Turn, into, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to see this verse and see what we are. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, I'm not boasting or bragging when I say this or trying to lift ourselves up better than other people, but there's very few local assemblies anywhere in Northwest Connecticut, and for that matter, in Connecticut in general, I suppose, that are meeting on a Wednesday night. Wednesday nights are, going, are becoming a thing of the past because people don't come out for them, and so churches are doing away with them. But I want you to know this is the repository, the place where 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15 says, But if I tarry long, then thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the ecclesia of the living God. This local assembly right now, I mean, I, I can count. Three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18, 19, 20, 20 of us in the room this, this evening here. Right, it's a little humble group of 20 people on a cold Wednesday night. We're meeting here, but Jesus Christ is in our midst, and we're meeting, we're a called out, called out church, and we're, we're the repository. We are the pillar and ground of the truth. The truth of the said gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that God's called us to, to propagate. And so we go back to Galatians chapter 1, verse 2. Paul says, listen, this gospel has come by the sent one. I'm a sent one, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I was called from my mother's womb. What was he saying? He says, I got authority. Paul was telling us, listen, I'm writing this not by my own will, not my own whim. I'm writing this by the, this is the word of God. And uh, this gospel is not from me, as we're going to find out. It's from, from above. This gospel is not Harvest Baptist Church gospel. We didn't originate this. We didn't con contribute this gospel of freedom up. This is not what, what we believe because we're Baptist. Oh, no, no. This gospel came to all the churches, the true churches of Christ. And uh, we are uh, we're given this as a called-out assembly to the Lord. Uh, we, are, we are called to be bearers of the truth. And so we get to verse number three, all on the way to the salutation of this one made free, this apostle, this Saul of Tarsus that was made free by the gospel. He said he got it not from himself but from God. He got it, it was given to him in the assemblies, to the churches, to his brethren. But verse number three, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, that great word grace. The word, word gospel means so much to us, the good news, but that word grace, oh, marvelous, infinite, matchless grace. This grace, let us see, that of Christ that brings salvation is all of, or pardon me, this gospel of Christ that brings salvation is all of grace. And this, the whole treatise, this whole six chapters, these next verses are going to deal with this subject. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This grace is from God the Father, verse 3, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. This grace gives us the gospel. It's simple grace. It's saving grace. It's, 
as we find out later in verses 4 and 5, it's sovereign grace. It's all of God. It's simple. It's God's simple plan of salvation. This gospel. It's saving grace. It will save us to the uttermost and come unto God by him. So we see the salutation of one made free, verses 1 to 3 of this gospel. But let's look at verses 4 and 5 for just a couple minutes here. Notice the commendation. The commendation of the one true gospel. The commendation. What's the... Uh, the compliment, or why do we get this, why do we have this true gospel, or how do we have this true gospel? Who do we commend? Well, verse number four gives us the first answer. Who gave himself, that's Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God our Father. This combination of the one true gospel, I mean, he gave himself for our sins. He delivered us from this present evil world. He delivered us from on our way to hell. We're on our way to heaven because of Jesus Christ and his gospel. And so letter A on the worksheet, the gospel centers entirely in a person. You see, we're not talking about religion. We're not talking about the Jewish religion. We're not talking about the Baptist religion. We're not talking about the Catholic religion. We're not talking about somebody, your religion, my religion. We're talking about the Redeemer. We're talking about this gospel that has come from Christ, the, 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 Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, this gospel is found in a person. I was telling Heather and John, uh, probably could have led them to the Lord uh, before the, the business meeting last Sunday here. I was right standing in the hallway there. They didn't know we were going to get into it. And just, I was explaining, they asked me point blank, what was the difference between uh, Catholic Church and what we believe? Well, that's a loaded, that's a, you know, ask a Baptist preacher, we, we can, I says, well, I can cut to the chase real quick, and I, I did. I told him, you got to be born again, you got to receive Christ as your Savior. It's, and then I told him this, and it took me a couple minutes, I won't, I'll do the 10 second version. I says, basically, I says, the, re, the Catholic religion and all religions wrapped up in the word do. What can I do to inherit eternal life? But Jesus Christ went down on the cross, I said, he said, it is finished, and it's all wrapped up in the word done. Christianity is Christ. It's found in the person of Christ. Uh, all to Jesus. It's, it's, it's all him. 100% Jesus alone. Forsaking all, I trust him. Faith, F-A-I-T-H. And this Bible saving faith. For by grace you're saved through faith. So this condemnation, uh, commendation excuse me, of the gospel centers entirely in a person, verse 4. Two parts to that. He paid the absolute price and the entire price. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. Did I get that verse out? I don't think I did. Anybody have that verse? 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 here. Let me read it to you here. I don't think I gave that out. Obviously, I didn't. I should be able to quote it, but let me turn there. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that the Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And this is the gospel. Verse number one says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which ye have received, and, and wherein ye stand, this gospel of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He paid the entire price. That's why he said those words, it is finished. Then back to our text, back to Galatians 1, verse 4 again. The Bible says, notice it with me, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. And so he, he paid for the, the entire absolute uh, entire price 
for our salvation, for this, this he pre- prepared, uh, saved us with this gospel completely, but he achieved the absolute purpose to deliver us from bondage, to deliver us from this present evil world. This world is where people are slaves to this world and they don't even know it. Paul was a slave to the world and to the Jewish religion and he didn't even know it. Just glance over to chapter 2. Look at, look at these verses real quickly. Look at the word bondage found in Galatians 2.4. Notice what it says. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that, we might, that he, they might bring us into bondage. Go over to chapter 4. Look at chapter 4 verse number 3. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. And then again in verse number uh, 9, same chapter, chapter 4. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how ye turned again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. Why go back if you're made perfect by the Spirit? Why, why do you go back to the law? Chapter 2. 4, verse 23 and 24, or 24 and 25 rather, which things are an allegory for those that, for these are the two covenants, the one from the Monsane and the other which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. Then verse number, let's go on for time's sake here, let's jump on to verse chapter 5, verse number 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And so this combination of this one true gospel, he, achieved, he, he delivered us from this present evil world he, he, to achieve his purpose, to deliver us and to, to sanctify us through the, his shed blood, this, this gospel that, that completely cleanses us from all of our sins. And then we back to chapter 1, verse 5. We end this salutation, it says, and we end this commendation, he says these words, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. Notice letter B on the worksheet. This gospel that is purchased all all by him gives him all the glory. And Revelation 4.11, did I get that verse out? I didn't get that verse out. I'm sorry, I should have marked these verses down that I gave out. Uh, Revelation 4.11, to him be... All the honor and glory for him, by him, all things were and are created. That we are, we are created to give him glory. Our salvation is created to give him glory. Let's just stay on point here. Let's go back to chapter one and verses six through nine. And notice thirdly the common condemnation of all false gospels. The condemnation of all false gospels. Uh, verse number six, Paul after he has his wonderful salutation, this wonderful commendation of the gospel of grace, he goes into the condemnation of these Galatian believers that have begun in the spirit, but they, they fell back into works righteousness. He said, I marvel, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into an, unto another gospel. You know, this verse tells us, among other things, that Christians can get mixed up. I promise you Christians can get mixed up. I've pastored long enough to know that. Christians can get uh, messed up in their thinking, in their, their theology. We've lost hundreds of people over the years, no doubt, because they got messed up in 
they marveled from the we moved to another, from the gospel to another to another perversion to another gospel which is not another we're going to find out I've seen it happen over and over again. We had it happen last year, of course. And people want to go back into bondage. We have people in our church and now say, you can't do anything on Saturday because it's a Sabbath day. They were in our church and they were, they were, free, from, they were free indeed in Christ and then they, they went back into this bondage. Paul begins to chide these believers. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from this grace unto another gospel. So letter A in the worksheet there are no other true gospels. We don't have, you know, just one way to go to heaven. We have the way. We have the true gospel. Now, there's counterfeit gospels, as we're going to find out. But we're now, now we got these verses. Uh, it's a misprint on the worksheet. It should be 2 Corinthians 2.17, not 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 2.17. How about somebody has that verse for us, please? Hey, let me just be as blunt as I can be with you. Write down counterfeit Bibles. People write Bibles for M-O-N-E-Y. And if you don't understand that, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. I'm telling you right now, there's money in Bibles. There's a multi-billion dollar industry. Write a new Bible. You want to make money? Write a new Bible. Write a reference Bible. Write a, write a, write a new version. And that, I, I know there's some sincere people that are sincerely wrong, but there's counterfeit Bibles. All things that are different are, 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 are not the same. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11.4, go ahead and read that one, please. For if he that cometh preacheth, preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if he receive another spirit which he have not received, or another gospel which he have not accepted, you might bear well with him. All right, so Paul's chiding these Corinthian believers say, you don't even know who the real Christ is. You, you fall for a counterfeit Christ. Now, this is real, by the way. There are certain people that believe in that Christ is a dope-smoking... Yeah, you heard me right. That he smokes marijuana. Oh, yeah. You ever heard of Rastafarians? Oh, yeah, Christ is black and he smokes marijuana. Uh, there's all kinds of other Christs out there. Many other Christs out there. Uh, pardon me, I'm starting to preach here and I don't have time to do that. They'll just stay teachy here if we can. But there's counterfeit, there's counterfeit, see, we're going to read about a counterfeit gospel here. There's counterfeit Bibles, there's counterfeit Christ, there's counterfeit spirits, 1 John 4 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. All right, have you ever had been misled yourself? I know I have been. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we have to be so careful. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. We can even be misled ourselves. We can get another spirit in within us. Uh, talk about our own personal spirits. And I don't believe a Christian can ever be possessed by Satan or by, 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 by demons, but we can be influenced if we're not careful. But we can be misled. And uh, there's other spirits in the world. Ephesians 4, 4 reminds us. Go ahead, somebody. Now, every Pentecostal, every charismatic that's saved has the same spirit that I have. I mean, it would be a Pentecostal or a charismatic or a Methodist or a, a Lutheran, or we go through a list of all the different denominations, and hopefully there's saved people in many of these denominations, so all of these I've been mentioned tonight. 
But we all have the same spirit. There's only one spirit, not many spirits. And so there's only one spirit. There's only one Christ. There's only one scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 and 15, please. Now, if we had a counterfeit $100 bill, by the way, what are the best, if we had maybe 20 different counterfeit $100 bills, what would be the best counterfeit $100 bill? The one that's closest to the original, or to the real one, right? That would be the best one, right? It would look so good that it looks like the real deal. God says there's false apostles, and that, that transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Then uh, also false ministers. Uh, number five, false ministers for time's sake. And then, of course, Revelation 3.9. Quickly, somebody read that for us, please. It's secondary application, but we can make it. Did I give Revelation 3.9? Uh, hey, um, let me join this important sidebar, uh, side trail, but it needs to be run. You ever wonder why, let's take Nazi Germany in the 1930s. How could they lock up all those Jews and put them all throughout Europe and why they, they exterminated six million? You don't think those Lutherans knew what they were doing? They did. I'm just being honest with you. They, they, they believed, it was, it's called replacement theology, and there's many different versions of replacement theology. Uh, who's that? Louis Farrakhan is replacement theology. Uh, Muslims replacement. Uh, there's many different groups that are replacement. That we are the true. We are the real children of God. We are the real Jews. These Jews that name themselves Jews, they're fake Jews. They're false Jews. And many, 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 many Ku Klux Klan. I could go on and on with you. Many groups have, have a former version of replacement theology. But a secondary application, but there, there are counterfeit churches. Uh, churches that don't preach the gospel, they preach a social justice gospel, a different gospel. Let's go back to letter B here, back to our worksheet, verse number 7. We're getting bogged down. I was expecting to be much farther tonight here. And I'm, verse number 7, Galatians 1. Which is not another, we're talking about the condemnation of other gospels, which is not another. Bible says, I'm so soon, I marvel, Paul says, uh, you're removed from the grace of God into another, uh, grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. So let her be in the worksheet, there are no substitutes for the gospel. There's only one. It's a pure gospel. You don't, you, there are no substitutes for it. I mean, you, when you got the perfect deal, why do you need anything better anyhow? It's, it's a perfect it's a gospel that saves, uh, saves to the uttermost. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but me. Some people say that's, that's so exclusive, so, na- so negative, so narrow. It's so inclusive. All that come to him will come. All that would say, Revelation 22, 17, all that say, Lord, uh, the Spirit says come, the bride says come, you and I say come. 
And whosoever will and is a thirst, say, come and let them drink of the water of life freely. Anybody can come. It's a wonderful gospel. It's all inclusive. But there are no substitutes for it. Letter, verse number eight. But though we or another angel from heaven preach any other gospel, here it is again, unto you that which you have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Though, though we are an angel from heaven. Now you drive over to West Hartford on Route 4 now. Farmington, rather. And you're on Route 4, and you go by that $56 million Mormon temple. And I'm quite sure that Morona at the top there, he's encased in gold leaf. He's got that trumpet. And Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. And Joseph Smith said he, was, he re- received some golden tablets from an angel named Moroni. And he, we got another testament from him. And they used to have that commercial on television, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that there's another testament. Well, here in Galatians 1.7, the Bible says, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, then be accursed. And then... Verse number nine, notice what it says. It says, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. A double indemnity or a double, a double curse. He says it twice. He says, if an angel comes and preaches another gospel, He's anathema. He's damned by God. He's cursed. And anyone that teaches another gospel, they're cursed. And anyone that believes that other gospel is cursed. I think of the Jehovah Witnesses. I think of those of the Kingdom Hall, the persuasion. They're all taught, we're very early on, they're all taught the, the lie that Jesus isn't God. They're made, they make mockery of the Trinity of Christ, or Trinity of God, rather. They might mock these things. And they, but they, you know, they live a pretty good life. More Muslims live a pretty good life per se. Uh, there's many groups, many people that live a pretty good life, and they have a, a again a social gospel or a different gospel. They 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 seem to be Christian. They they read their Bibles once in a while. They have a preacher stand up or a preacherette stand up, and they say some nice things from a pulpit, and they. But then they, they seem to be good people and they, they're charitable. But there's no substitutes for this gospel. Let her see, there is a curse upon all that will, that, I didn't give you number, verse number, letter C rather. There's a curse upon all those that add to the gospel. There's nothing that needs to be added. You know, if I had a glass of water on the, the platform here, if I were to get a little, just a little bit of vial of arsenic, I have nice pure Desani water right here on the, uh, a nice 16-ounce glass of water. And I were to take just a little bit, just a little bit of arsenic, so little that you couldn't, I could put a droplet in that bottle of water, and you wouldn't even see it. How many would drink it after that? You say, no, I'm not going to drink it, it's poison. A little leaven, leaven, it's a whole lump. Uh, for me, and I just, uh, 
you know what, we're gonna, I'm going to expand upon this, Lord willing, next week here. I, I wanted to, even though it looks like we're almost done, I've got a lot more to go that I'd like to, I think we'll expand a little bit further. But uh, for me, I had to make a decision as a young man. Started off and I, I, uh, Luella Fenton, uh, that name means a lot to me. She was the, I'll close with this, just illustration, we'll, we'll finish out things next Wednesday, next Wednesday, Lord willing, this chapter, shall we say. But uh, she was the Pentecostal lady that prayed for me, and we went to her house for Sunday school as a little boy, and all the kids in my little neighborhood, we all went to, Luella never drove, never had a car, and so she went to church on Sunday, Sunday nights, but Sunday morning, she, nobody picked her up, and she just had church in her house with uh, her kids and so forth. And, but there, there I was taught that you had to receive Jesus as your Savior, but then you had to have good works. and You could fall from grace. And that lasted with me from the time I was probably maybe 11 years old when it clicked. I understood what she was saying, what others were saying, that yes, you need to be saved, but you could lose your salvation if you walked wrong. And boy, as a kid, I was walking wrong every day, you know, in my family. And uh, for years, and I started going to this Baptist church once in a blue moon, and I didn't, didn't really notice any difference. They both preached, they both had a Bible, they both sang Christian songs, they both seemed like nice people. They, uh, and so a little teenage, preteen mind and 13, 14, 15-year-old, I didn't really know the difference, didn't understand the difference. Maybe when I was 15, I think, is when it started to hit me. It's like, wait a minute, the Baptists, they're saying this. And this church over here, this Assembly of God church, is saying this. And I don't know what to believe, who to believe, because they both seem like wonderful people. And I loved Luella, and uh, she prayed for me, and I believe she's in heaven, and uh, I just believe she was very confused. I believe she's like one of these foolish Galatians that we read about. And uh, making a long story short, I went through, through about six months Bible study myself. I think I was 16 by this time. I've told the story many times. But I read Galatians, and I read, read Romans, and I read, started devouring the New Testament. And I started writing down all the verses that seemed to teach you could lose your salvation, and it didn't work for your salvation, and I, all the verses that seemed to say that you were saved by grace. And I, I remember it was really Galatians, this book here, and I could get ahead of myself, but I want to end here. Again, in chapter 2, and uh, I saw the, the grace of God that was irrefutable, chapter 3. And old foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? And I realized I had been deceived. And for me, it was very—it was a time in my life when I realized that no, there may be good people and kind people and so forth over here, but they're preaching a additional gospel that you got to keep your salvation. And therefore, I was getting saved every night, sometimes a week, sometimes or sometimes a day, sometimes every time I sinned because I really believed that one sin could send me to hell. And I was saying, Lord, save me again, I pray. Forgive me of my sins. And I, when I realized that salvation was all of Christ, I got down on my knees, I told the story many times, I prayed one more time. Dear Lord Jesus, oh, I'm not saved. I pray that you come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I've never prayed that again, nor you, can, you cannot get me to pray that again, because I know whom I believed. I know that I got saved. 
Now, I look back at that, and several months later, I look back at that, and I don't think I was saved as a 16-year-old boy when I dropped to my knees. I think I was saved as an 11-year-old boy, Brother Jim, even though I, didn't, I was all confused with so much of the gospel and uh, so much of the Bible. I didn't know so many things, and so I just got, I got confused. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people today. They get confused about this pure gospel of grace. Well, let's end with that tonight here, and let's, let's have a uh, bow for a word of prayer. And uh, I'm always just saying, hey, let's sing Jesus Loves Me This I Know. Can you find that for us, please? And we'll just sing one verse and be done with that tonight here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know it's just been uh, an elementary Bible study in one way, Lord, tonight, Lord, with your people. But, Lord, there's some deep truths to this the subject that we're on tonight as well. We thank you for the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and salvation. Help us to define it, to delineate it properly. Help us to defend it. Help us to propagate it and to speak it. And Lord, uh, we know the word of God is given for our correction, for our instruction in righteousness. Lord, I'm sure there's many people that, like I was many years ago, Lord, that are, that are truly saved, but they've fallen back into works righteousness. Lord, help us to uh, correct, Lord, show, show them in a loving way, instructing those that impose themselves. And we'll thank you for it, Lord. Help us, Lord, to share the gospel of Christ. We pray for the salvation of Heather and, and uh, John here in the next uh, few days here, we pray. Pray for this Sunday, Lord, that you'd bless in a great way. Lord, we know that you love us, uh, the, the, those of us that are in Christ, which I believe is everyone in this room. So, Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing, we pray, and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. I probably don't need the hymn book. Jesus loves me this, I know. What page is that? Do you have it?